I want to welcome everyone to SaltCast. My name is Bob Turner, and I serve as the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, or SALT. And today we have a special guest from Spokane Valley, Washington, Jabez Harlan. Uh, Jabez serves as one of the elders for the Valley Congregation there. And uh, over the last year and a half, we've become very good friends, and I just appreciate him and, and the work that's being done there at the congregation. And so I'm looking forward to the time we have to, to visit, uh, primarily because they've they've been through uh, a lot since this pandemic started, and uh, it's affected the congregation in a lot of ways. And uh, as a matter of fact, we were just talking about how that uh, the eldership is a new eldership. They just uh, appointed elders in the congregation during this pandemic. And so it's going to bring some great perspective to our discussion and so I'm going to turn it over to Jabez and let him tell us a little bit about the congregation itself and tell us how the congregation has been affected by this pandemic and kind of the, the journey of when it started to where you are now and the, the appointing of the elders and, and all that's been a part of that. Okay, well, first of all, I'd like to say uh, thank you to uh, Bob for inviting me to speak with you today. And uh, it's been a, a real pleasure to have worked with you over the last year or more um, and uh, the the wisdom and experience that you uh, bring and have shared with our congregation has really helped us uh, immensely more than I think you you'll ever know so I just wanted to start off by saying thank you I appreciate uh, it, that yeah it, as far as the uh, the congregation in Spokane Valley uh, it's a congregation of about 80 members um, uh, many of those members are uh, retired. Uh, or have been retired for uh, quite a while. We do have some working families and uh, some some younger families, uh, not too many uh, young ones um, around. We have a few families with children. Um, and as far as demographics go, we don't have uh, too much of a youth group or, or college ministry at this point. So um, we are uh, a little bit aged as far as demographics go. Um, since the pandemic, uh, we have um, been down to about 50 members, and uh, that's been because of several of the state mandates that have been put in place uh, that have put restrictions on public gatherings and uh, religious services. Uh, and if we have the time, I could uh, go through some of those. Um, the, the kind of the epicenter of where the pandemic began in the United States was in the state of Washington, uh, over on the west side of the state. We're on the far east side of the state, uh, about 15 minutes away from the Idaho border. And, um, but our state as a whole uh, dealt with the pandemic in a very strict sense of uh, locking down the state, schools were closed, uh, all public gatherings were, uh, were shut down. Um, and our last service of 2020 uh, was March 13th, and we didn't meet for 11 weeks. Uh, and then uh, religious services were able to come back at about 25% capacity of our building size, which meant that our capacity, our new capacity was about um, 50 members and uh, or 50 people. Uh, in addition to the capacity size, we also um, have to wear masks. Uh, we have to have hand sanitizer. We have to have uh, signs in our building that uh, encourage hand washing, uh, keeping six feet apart, 
Uh, we had to remove uh, some of our uh, chairs in our auditorium to uh, promote physical distancing. And we also put down some uh, directional, some tape that would show directionals uh, for uh, folks to walk down certain aisles and walk up other aisles to create more of a, of a, a traffic flow in our building. So uh, there were a lot of a lot of mandates that were passed down, and it was it was pretty difficult for us to navigate how we were going to uh, follow those mandates and how we were going to live up to uh, those restrictions. Uh, our members, we we met over Zoom several times. Uh, we did not have elders at this particular time, and so we held congregational meetings uh, in a Zoom format and just kind of talked through uh, what we wanted to do. And we knew that we needed to get back to having uh, our worship services on Sunday. That was something that was really important to all of our members. Uh, but the other thing that was really important is that we wanted to make sure that we were doing it the right way. We wanted to make sure that we were uh, obeying the authorities uh, that we believe are appointed by God. Um, and uh, we felt that we wanted to be a church that was known for doing things the right way. Um, there were some other churches that were not following the mandates and um, were making the news. And, and there were a few press releases that were put out um, about churches that were not doing things the right way. And uh, we just really felt that uh, we didn't want to show up in the news in that light. We wanted to make the news for doing things uh, that were, you know, positive. And uh, so there was a lot of rules for us to follow. We really had to make a lot of changes in, in order to uh, get our religious services back up and running. Um, but we felt that it was worth it to do that. Uh, uh, quite a few of our members, myself included, don't really enjoy wearing a mask, uh, especially in worship. It's it's hard to speak. It's hard to sing. Uh, it's hard to to hear other people when they're wearing a mask. But the joy of being together on Sunday morning, mm -hmm. seeing seeing people's faces, even if they're covered by a mask, um, being within six feet, uh, being in the same building, and being a family together, uh, I would do more than wear a mask. Uh, I, you know, I'd do anything that I could in order to be there on Sunday morning uh, with those folks. So uh, that was a big, big first step for us is getting religious services back up and running. Uh, the next big step that we navigated through the pandemic was our elder selection process. We don't have a minister. Uh, we don't, we haven't had, or, or we hadn't had elders since 2018. And, uh, um, and so we knew that we needed leadership. Uh, we, we want to hire an evangelist. We have some plans and some areas that we want to move in uh, in the future. But it's really hard for us to make any strong moves in those areas without having established leadership. So we right. knew that having elders was going to be a big first step for us. And uh, so what we did is we researched uh, other churches of Christ uh, throughout the nation that established elders without having elders or a minister in place. 
and um, we brought together uh, three different uh, processes that were followed. Again, we had a congregational meeting. We looked at the pros and cons of, of those different models, and then uh, we kind of picked and chose from those models what we thought would work best for us. And uh, having, uh, you know, timelines that were um, kind of set out before and having different phases of the process and doing it in a timely fashion, uh, that was a big, um, that was a big step that we took. Uh, and, um, and so we started that process in July. Uh, we moved through the timeline. We had several different phases uh, from uh, having men that uh, wanted or desired the office of elder to actually write a letter of intent expressing their desire to do so. Uh, those letters were published to the congregation. Uh, and then we had a vetting phase uh, that lasted for about four to five weeks where we encouraged our members and our prospective elders to meet together and uh, to really talk about this office of, of shepherd and uh, and uh, to resolve any differences that there may be. And then we had uh, an installation phase that followed uh, right about the end of October. And uh, so there were a lot of prayers that were offered up, a lot of conversations, a lot of discussions that took place. At, and at the end of it all, uh, we had five men, uh, myself included, who uh, were installed as, as elders. Um, and, uh, you know, the other four men that I serve with are uh, great men uh, that some of them with elder experience before that hadn't served for quite a while and uh, really chose to step up in this difficult time, but very important time uh, to serve as, as leaders for the church and, and help to move us forward um, through this pandemic and, and hopefully past it. Yeah, I couldn't help but think trial by fire. <laughs> <laughs> you get into a leadership role right in the in the middle of this incredible pandemic that has affected so many people. Uh, I know that there have been some members in the congregation either personally that have been infected by the virus or they've had family members. Uh, how has how has that been handled in the congregation? How have they approached uh, dealing with those situations? Maybe providing help or taking care of those who have been infected by it. Yeah, uh, we have had uh, a few of our members, my daughter included, uh, who tested positive for COVID back in November. Uh, her symptoms were a little bit less uh, than uh, so some of the regular symptoms that you might see, but I think that that's par for the course, really, for younger folks. She's 18 years old, and and uh, so she... Um, you know, it was just a lot of us uh, staying at home. My wife and I stayed home uh, with her and, uh, you know, quarantined ourselves from services and from work. Uh, my wife and I, luckily, we tested uh, twice and tested negative both times. Um, and uh, for other members, it has really been somewhere along the lines of uh, what do you need uh, from us? And uh, whether it's groceries, uh, whether it's a, a grocery card where they can order groceries online and go and pick them up themselves or having groceries delivered, uh, you know, to their doorstep, uh, whether it's just a phone call, um, 
you know, we, we write cards, uh, quite a bit. Um, my wife's very active and, and so are the other elders wives and sending out cards of encouragement, uh, on a weekly, almost daily basis, uh, to those and, and just, uh, making sure that, um, folks that are staying at home and quarantining, um, because of coronavirus know that they're not alone. Um, I think that that's been one of the most difficult uh, processes to work through in this pandemic is the, the isolation and the loss of connection uh, that so many of our members feel. And uh, it's wonderful that something as simple as a phone call uh, or a card uh, can really lift the spirits of those that are having to stay home in order to keep themselves safe. Right. We've... Um... <laughs> As, as we've kind of advanced through this over the last year, I know that uh, my trip to Spokane Valley was was canceled initially uh, in the middle of last year because of, of this COVID virus. And, and you had mentioned earlier about the, the incredible restrictions that have started, and <clears throat> I know that they've gone up and down. And so uh, as we kind of near the end of our time together and, and think about this last question, what what ways have y'all used to communicate those updates? How have you kept everyone in the congregation informed uh, as far as changes in, in the restrictions uh, or requirements, especially for the congregation itself? Uh, and how have you done that? How have you followed through in keeping everybody informed about the updates on the coronavirus? Yeah, uh, a couple of different ways. Um, I think that uh, communication across uh, several different platforms is uh, probably the best avenue for us to communicate. Um, we do have a prayer chain uh, that we activate, not only for uh, prayers that are needed for members and friends and family, but also for important updates. And uh, so that starts uh, with the elders and they'll call a couple of people and those people will call a couple of people. And that's an organized um, uh, chain of, of calls that are that are made. And uh, that's a good way for us to distribute information. Uh, we also have a group email uh, where folks will get uh, weekly bulletins and uh, important uh, weekly announcements and updates that way. Uh, we also um, put those announcements on our website. And uh, we also have a Facebook page uh, that we put those announcements out on uh, Facebook as well. And, uh, and then if there are any other um, folks that are maybe don't have a computer or don't don't check their email that often, uh, then we'll make phone calls uh, to those folks to make sure that they know those things. But, well, I know it's it's been challenging for everyone to to try to keep everyone informed, and so it's it's encouraging to see that it has been effective to use a number of different mediums to get things communicated so that people are aware of what's going on and. Keep them safe, keep them protected during this. Uh, and I'm really excited about digging a little deeper into some of the things that you've said that kind of tie into the direction we're going to look at in our next session. But I want to thank you for taking time out uh, of your day to be with us and just to share some information. I, the things that we're learning as, as I talk with a number of different elders across the country are just a, a number of different little nuances that have been very, very helpful. And I know that the information is going to be beneficial to everyone who listens to these salt casts and that it will help them as they think about how they can navigate uh, through the days ahead as they look at 2021 and, and what that's going to bring. 
But JBS, thank you. I appreciate it so much. Appreciate you taking time to be with us. And I look forward to us talking more in our next session. I also want to thank all of you for listening. Appreciate you taking time to listen to the to the SaltCast. And I pray that the information is helpful to you and uh, look forward to continuing our discussion with JBS in our next session. God bless.